The Start On Demand. On demand. Some level red restrictions are easing as of Saturday, including gatherings. You're now allowed to designate two people to visit your household. Are you going to follow those rules? The Governor General resigns after a scathing report looking into allegations of a toxic workplace. Should Julie Payette be Canada's last Governor General? And which movie traumatized you as a child? I'm Brett McGarry, alongside Greg Mackling and Loren McNabb. We are Mackling, McGarry and McNabb. And this is the Friday, January 22nd podcast for The Start. Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb, and today is a special day on 680 CJOB. It is the 2021 Innovation HSC Radiothon in support of the Health Sciences Centre Foundation. It is presented by Merrick Holmes. Donations today and every day will enable HSC to improve care at Manitoba's hospital through important research initiatives, training opportunities, and more. And to donate hscfoundation.mb.ca. You can call 204-515-5612 or text HSCF to 20222 to donate $20. It's a big day, Greg. It is a big day. It's inspiring. It is overwhelming. It can be emotional at times. And Loren, I'm always fascinated I'm grateful. There are lots of words, lots of superlatives I could attach to this sentiment. The notion that there are people that we will speak with today who were A, overwhelmed with the care that they or their loved one received, and in some cases, the ultimate result of that health care was not what they had hoped for, but they are grateful nonetheless. And I think that that is such an incredible part of some of the stories we're going to hear today. Yeah. Is you that yourself- things, yeah, things didn't go exactly the way we wanted to, but I'm here to share my story of the wonderful care we received along the way. Yeah, and I think that's, you know, just it. You talk about this experience in the hospital can be one of your lowest moments in life. It can also produce a lot of joy. You know, uh, you, you have your children in a hospital. You're, there's all sorts of ways that you can emerge from there saying, I might be cancer-free. Thank you for the care. My heart is is uh, healed or improving. Thank you for the care. But you also are going in there when something is wrong, right? And so we've got lots of guests we're bringing on this morning. Uh, in particular, I'm really looking forward to the conversation that we're going to have with uh, the mom of a young man who's in hospital right now as we speak and has been there for months. And she actually refers to this hospital, uh, I think, as sort of the Hilton, like the HSC Hilton or like a hotel because they've, the hospitals allow them to make this room their own. And so going into it is not such a awful thing day after day. And so just to hear from people like that who as their family members are getting care still can see the, see the, the, the people around them for their good, I think is remarkable because, hey, like we always say, we've if you haven't been in hospital for any reason, you will someday. 
No, we that's will a, someday. Yeah, that's a good point. And HSC, of course, Manitoba largest Manitoba's largest hospital, and it serves not only uh, Winnipeg and Manitoba, but uh, parts of of Ontario and Nunavut and uh, sometimes even uh, across Western Canada, depending on the specialty. And so, Brett, uh, some uplifting stories. There might be some tear-jerking moments, but overall it is an incredibly uplifting day because it celebrates our community and the way we come together and get behind causes that are important to us all. And many thanks to all of the sponsors involved. Once again, the presenting sponsor, Merrick Holmes, Matching Partners, Access Credit Union, the Wabasa Mutual Insurance Company, and Lead Up Supporters, Johnston Group, Arbor Memorial, as well as feature sponsors, the Keg, Superior Asphalt and Paving, the Answer Co., and Manitoba Pork, as well as our media print partner, Winnipeg Free Press. So much to discuss today on that front and we can help HSC provide tomorrow's health care today. Also today, big topic of discussion, of course, the province pulling the trigger on loosening restrictions just a little bit starting tomorrow. And you can now have two people in your household instead of one. And they, they But they did sort of clamp down, uh, Greg. There was a change because Tuesday it was, they, they, Dr. Rusin explicitly said it's not going to be a designated two people. Well, that was the change yesterday. Yeah, so they're saying, Loren, uh, the terminology, that, that terminology we got used to around Christmas time and at the beginning of this pandemic, creating a bubble. So the whole notion, the whole concern about maybe some people might have two people over on Friday night and then two different people over Saturday and then maybe two different people over Sunday afternoon. The province has stepped in. Dr. Rusin says, no, 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 that's not the intention. We want you to designate two people that you can bring into your bubble. Yeah, at 7.07, we're going to get more into this and play uh, one of the clips from Dr. Rusin where he explains what he means by that and what the designation should mean to you. I am curious how people are going to handle this and and what they're going to do going forward. And if anyone hears that and, and actually heeds to it or just sort of says, ah, we're allowed to have people over now. I'm not going to get too into the specifics. Uh, one of our neighbors jokingly sent a text last night saying, I'm accepting applications <laughs> for, <laughs> for the for the two designated people. Uh, you know, and so I it at least started a conversation about well, what who are your people going to be? What are you guys going to do? That kind of thing. But here's another, you know, cog in the wheel. So I think this is really about helping the people who have been alone and living alone for the past few months. It's been Obviously, it's been so hard on so many, and I think this is nice that they can have, finally have some people over. If you're a family, so we said last night, uh, we were talking about it, and I said, so is it two adults? Are we letting the kids have two designated people? Like, who are the... Who's it going to be, mm. right? And so the, you know, the, the kids haven't had anyone over forever, so I feel for them. And I feel like I'm fine and nobody, I can still have conversations outside or you can have people outside, have a fire or something like that. So then we're like, you know, paper, rock, paper, scissors, who gets to choose the two people kind of thing going on in the house. I never even thought about that. That's that's a, a conundrum, yeah. as it were. Uh, I mean, it's it, from on my front, it's good that uh, it's great for my sister because she can now join me and my dad because mm-hmm. we sort of all decided that I would be the one person to visit my dad. Uh, so now the three of us can get together. So that's great. But I, I'll admit I was selfishly kind of digging what Dr. Rusin was suggesting on Tuesday because this now means I still can't have any friends over because my dad and my sister are the two people. That's my bubble. So, Well, in solidarity, Brett, I will not, we will not open our bubble any broader, but we'll just keep it to the four of us. Really? Yeah, I think so. 
I yeah, think so. I think, I, was, I think that's probably the decision we'll ultimately make anyway, all joking I, aside. I wondered if that's how people might go. Just it's just it's too complicated, and I'm I'm, I'm still uncomfortable with with things in the sense of I do not want to come back here ever again. And so I feel like it just might be simpler, more simple to stay status quo. Which movie traumatized you as a child? I saw someone talking about this on Twitter a few days ago, and the thread was hilarious. So let's go around the horn here. We've got Cam Poitras, Jeff Fortier, Jeff Braun. Braun, why don't we start with you? We just did the Couch Potatoes segment, but we you sat that one out so you could join us here. What you got? Yeah. Uh, for me, it's Ghostbusters, because I saw it in theater when I was eight years old, and I think I was just a little too young for that. And uh, the monster dogs really freaked me out. I had nightmares for weeks. I didn't have it as bad as my sister, though, because the whole Braun family went, and my sister was five at the time. And uh, my mom had to take her out. She was screaming and crying about five minutes into the movie, so <laughs> she missed the rest of it. But for I, 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 I still don't like looking at those monster dogs when I rewatch Ghostbusters. I still get spooked when I watch that like uh, that opening scene where the libra- the ghost librarian yeah. or whatever uh, turns and uh, gets really ugly. That uh, that spooks me out, man. So yeah, that's a freaky movie. Intense. Forte. Oh, uh, I'm gonna have to pick. Uh, let's see if this plays. Oh, there we go. Hello. Ah. Hello. Who is this? Tell me your name. I'll tell you mine. <laughs> I don't think so. What's that noise? Popcorn. You're making popcorn? Well, I'm getting ready to watch a video. Really? What? I'll do some scary movie. You like scary movies? Uh Uh-huh. You never told me your name. Why do you want to know my name? I want to know who I'm looking at. Oh, that creeps me out. Yes. That scream. 1996. And you know, like seeing that as a kid... You know, it, it freaks you out, man. Like a, a slasher movie. There's a guy with a mask, with a freaky mask. My dad used to wear the exact same mask. He found it. He would hide in the basement, <laughs> and he would pop out out of nowhere. And it just... Brilliant. You know, I was afraid of the basement for the longest time, and it's just traumatizing right there. <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't laugh, but that's... that's uh, uh, parents can be mean. So, and it's funny. <laughs> it, it's, it's I would funny do now. the same thing to my kids, by the way. Oh well, you're you're not a nice person then. I Why guess. not? I was. <laughs> What's your movie, Cam? Uh, it would have to be the the TV version of It. Uh, I was at a cottage, uh, my buddy Luke's cottage, and his mom popped it in in the morning. Oh, you kids, you want to watch a video? And put uh, and put on It in the middle. Like it was like six a.m. and it scared the living bejesus out of me. I uh, I I couldn't sleep. I was afraid that he was uh, It was going to come out of every uh, drain in the house and, and kill me. Um, and so, like, the first night, I remember me and my brother watched it, and we, were, my twin brother and we had bunk beds. He was on the top bunk, and I was on the bottom bunk. And we were both just unbelievably scared. I couldn't even go under my covers. I was dressed up in – I had my sweater on. I remember exactly what I was wearing and my jeans, and I wouldn't even go under the covers because it was going to kill me. And I heard <laughs> on the top bunk, all of a sudden, I hear this just bang, my brother, and then all of a sudden, these quick feet to the bathroom, and <laughs> my brother was so scared, he woke up in the middle of the night to puke. Uh, because oh it scared God. him that bad. Uh, so uh, it was like weeks I was recovering from from watching it. So that was definitely the movie that traumatized me and my brother, my twin brother the most. Would you like a balloon? 
Uh, hey, we got a text message. I got actually. Let me just cue this up here. So we have a text message from Tony on the subject of Jaws. Here it comes. I tell the kids every year in my class, when I was a kid, my parents rented Jaws. I watched it with them at night, and it scared me. Guess what? It gets better. Next day, we go to Winnipeg Beach. It's boiling. I wouldn't go in. Kept thinking of the boy who gets eaten by Jaws. Finally hits 4 p.m. I couldn't take it. I jump into the water, and my parents said, time to go. So I wasted a day at the beach. Damn, Jaws. Oh. <laughs> that's, that's, that's one of the best movies. That's been my top ten for sure. Oh, Reasonable response, Tony. Oh, I love Jaws. Oh, that's such a great movie. I still pretend there's... There's a shark in the water any time I go into <laughs> any body of water. Really? Yeah, because it's fun. Oh, what? <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh my, something's coming to get me. I, I better swim fast. What, I, I've been snorkeling before, and because of Jaws, I think that there's always constantly a shark making a beeline for me at any there point. Is. Any point yeah. I'm out there snorkeling, paddling along, I get out of the water pretty quick. I don't like it because I'm thinking a, a shark's just like, well, I know where he is. I'm zeroing in. I'm going at him. So He knows where you are, Cam. That's the problem. He'll get you. Loren, what you got? Well, hit the clip if you want. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Has anyone ever buried a person up there? May the Lord make his face to shine upon you. You're thinking thoughts best not thought of. Daddy's gonna do something really bad. You're thinking of putting him up there. Don't deny the thought hadn't crossed your mind. Ah, yes. Come back to me, Gage. So I can I think cemeteries are beautiful spaces. I have no issues going to a cemetery, but I have a pet cemetery that's just a few kilometers from where I live, and I sometimes will purposely avoid driving past it just so I don't have to look at it because pet cemetery traumatized me for months. I couldn't sleep after that one. I couldn't understand it. The pets came back to life after you buried them there. Then people came back to life, and people killed people, and that kid was a crazy killer kid. Yeah. Like, it was just awful. It was traumatic from start to finish. And honestly, to this day, if I if someone mentions a pet cemetery, I don't have happy thoughts about where Fido goes for his final resting days. Oh. I just think Fido's going to take me on. <laughs> and what was the was it Zelda? Was that the name of the, one of the characters? There was that there was that crazy lady who would yeah. say things like Rachel. Yeah, <laughs> I know. And then that little girl, Daddy's going to do something bad, and he does. I mean, it is. It's a lot. Mackling McGarry McNabb, the 2021 Innovation HSC Radiothon in support of Health Sciences Centre Foundation, hscfoundation.mb.ca. Call 204-515-5612 or text HSCF to 20222 to donate $20. The presenting sponsor for the Radiothon is Merrick Holmes, and this hour's sponsor is Johnston Group. When you support the HSC Foundation, you are improving health care for Manitobans and their loved ones. So we'll have more on this coming up at 7.30 with the president of the Johnston Group, Greg Dave Angus. An old friend of ours, and uh, he is the uh, father of uh, one of your very best friends, is he not? That's right, a former colleague of ours, Sean the Angus Beefcake. Oh, I never made that connection before. Really? Well, there you go. No. <laughs> that's because Sean used to call you when you would join us in the afternoon. Yeah. I think that's right. So, yeah, we'll, we'll, we always like talking to Dave. Great guy. So, that's coming up at 737. And again, hscfoundation.mb.ca. Let's talk some restrictions because starting tomorrow, you can get a haircut. 
You can go shopping for non-essential items and have a friend over or two. Yeah, you sound excited about all three of those options, Brett. I need a haircut well, so bad. <laughs> well, some would argue I do as well, but uh, that's a conversation for another time. You shouldn't be planning to have two people over tomorrow, Brett, and then a different group Sunday or next week. That's the advice of Dr. Rusin as he says to pick two people, the same people, and keep it that way for the foreseeable future. The orders will say that each household will have to designate two people. Um, our strong advice, again, as, as you hear about the, uh, you know, the number of contacts that can be uh, as we start gathering, even in low numbers, but with different people, we see those number of contacts going up. Our messaging would be that should be the same pe- two people. Uh, if you are, uh, you know, two people uh, gathering in, in one household, uh, the, the two people coming to your household should be from that same household that you're uh, gathering. Uh, we want to keep those contacts down. So this, is, this isn't what was floated earlier this week. On Tuesday, they indicated that they were going to change the rules so that Manitobans could finally have people over for the first time in months. And now we're being told to make sure it's those two designated people only. And so more of a bubble situation that we're talking about here. And of course, you can still invite five people over if you want to hang outside. But we know it's indoors and that close contact that that's the greater risk of transmission from what we're being told. And so I'm really curious how people are navigating this and what they're going to do, Greg. You mentioned about an hour ago that you might just... Pretend like they haven't changed the rule and stick with your household only anyway. Yeah, well, how, you know, we're a group of four. And then how do you decide which two people are coming over? Because anybody really that other than um, my my parents or Jackie's parents, uh, everybody's a group of three or four people themselves. So what are you going to do? You're going to disclude the children in that? Uh, no, there, I think there's just too many uh, complications and, and things that make it just a, a little bit too uh, dicey isn't necessarily the word, but it, it, it's it just it's going to create, I think, for some people so, some real consternation about who, who do they decide to bring into their bubble. And I think uh, just for the most part, it just might be easier, Brett, just to leave it the way it is. But I know for people in your situation, uh, this is a very welcome change. Yeah, it, it is welcome. I mean, not much is going to change for me. My sister will now be able to visit me and uh, like well, I can go see my dad and I have been, he's been my sort of one person and I've been his and my sister elected, uh, like we sort of de- decided as a family that she would stick a, you know, not come over, but now she can come see my dad. So the three of us can be in my dad's place at the same time. So that's great. I mean, we didn't, weren't able to get together for Christmas. So that sucked. But, uh, you know, I was hoping that I'd be able to have a friend over, but if we are sticking to these two people and I'm going to stick to that, then it's just going to be more of, uh, just me and, uh, whatever fried chicken fest I decide on today. So that, that, that'll be my companion at home today. <laughs> I uh, had fried chicken last night and had a piece around 5.30 this morning, Brett. So that was Yes! Nice. Um, chicken I, for know, breakfast is great. <laughs> you know, again, we get up early. By 7 o'clock, I am starving. So uh, I think there's just, I just, I, 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 there's part of me that wishes this just wasn't changing at all because I think people are going to either just say to heck with it. I'm not sticking to that at all. That's ridiculous. 
or they're going to be left with those tough choices like Dave just texted to say, so now I have to choose which two grandparents can come over for the next three weeks. Better not have this. It would be better off not having this two-person gathering because he doesn't want to have to make that choice is my guess. And so I, you know, there'll be a lot of conversations over the next few hours of how we're going to navigate this. <laughs> Somebody suggested uh, if there was going to be uh, any reciprocation, right? I choo choo choose you as my one of my two designations, and then do you choo choo choose me? Oh, you're going a different direction, are you? Yeah, you'll find out if it's mutual respect and mutual admiration for one another pretty quick here. So this could cause a whole other level of problem that we haven't even contemplated oh, yet. Yeah. This could be ending friendships if we're not careful, me. right? <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you want me in my bubble? Uh, no, the, so that that is uh, obviously a, a little bit of the fun side of this. And you had a little bit of fun. We should probably mention this pretty quick here, Brett. You had a little bit of fun with the premier yesterday. The premier, um, not necessarily ready to go out on tour as a stand-up comedian. Let's just say that. And uh, you posted video of him. Well, I've got the clip. Oh, d- go. Let's, uh, this happened yesterday. So these uh, the hair salons, uh, barber shops can open, uh, but they are limited to uh, working on, on the hair. Here it comes. Thank you very much for that. Bartley, sorry, I'll just say Manitobans are looking forward to this uh, new service being available to varying degrees. Hey, Brent? Oh, it's a bald joke. Big dumb smile on his face right now. He's so proud of himself. He's just so proud of himself. Like, that's like 10 seconds. Are you waiting for uh, Dr. Ruth to say something else? Mr. Premier, that is not my second question. <laughs> <laughs> so Bart steals the show, right? So, yeah. uh, And that's not the first time the Premier's uh, pulled the, uh, you know, I have hair and you don't joke on Dr. Ruth. And I think he did it when the restrictions were uh, were changed back in the spring. Oh, Yeah. I'm pretty sure he did. Okay. So and look, I maybe it, it maybe they joke joke about it all the time. I don't know, but I know that like I still have lots of hair, but I've lost some of it, and the idea of losing all of it hurts. Like it hurts seeing my hair fall out. So I don't know. I just I I know he wasn't trying to be mean, but still he was just. He, he should travel though with that app. But um. That you can just hit on your own. Just so people know. Like I don't know if the rim shot's saving that joke either. It's a joke. You get it? Does anyone <laughs> want me to do it again? But <laughs> Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. You know, if I don't book a massage. I got to go see Rosario at uh, the Pure Escape. If I don't book a massage, I'm going to end up in the hospital because my back is killing me. And wouldn't you know it, we are talking about hospitals today because it is the 2021 Innovation HSC Radiothon, Greg. Yeah, and of course, it's presented by Merrick Holmes, but we're counting on you to step up to the plate. Donations today and every day enable HSC to improve care at Manitoba's Hospital through important research initiatives, training opportunities for healthcare staff, the acquisition of cutting-edge medical equipment, and the development of new state-of-the-art facilities. Your donations make a difference, and they do all these things. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you... Three ways that you can share your generosity. You can go online, www.hscfoundation.mb.ca. You can just Google HSC Foundation. Or if you'd like to make a phone call and place your donation that way, 204 
515-562-5612. Or this is the way I'm going to do it. Super simple. You text HSCF, all capital letters, to 20222. HSCF to 2022. When you hit send, you donate $20. Just ends up on your phone bill. It's absolutely incredible. Our goal wow, today that is easy. Yeah, easy peasy, Loren. Our goal today is to raise $192,500. And my buddy Chuck LaFleche listens to the show every morning, just texted me and said that he's just donated $1,000 to the cause. And he's throwing a challenge out to all CPA certified professional accountants to match his generosity. So there you go. One more time, the phone number, 204-515-5612 or hscfoundation.mb.ca. Chuck with the throwdown. Yeah, the showdown, throwdown. <laughs> Hell no, you can't slow down. It's going to go. That's where I wanted this to go. <laughs> <laughs> it's the 2021 Innovation HSC Radiothon presented by Merrick Holmes. I threw up a question I should have just paused it there. I threw up. <laughs> That's what I heard. <laughs> I threw up a question on the 680CJOB Instagram story. Will you adhere to the two pers- to the two designated visitors rule under the loosened restrictions, which begin tomorrow? And so far, I put that up, I guess, about an hour ago. So far, 71% say yes, which means 29% say no, Loren. Yeah. I, I, first, my reaction was, oh, good. 71% is actually higher than... I thought it would be, and but 29% is still a lot of people And if saying that they're not going to stick to just two. And if they're not going to stick to just two, then how many are we talking about that's under consideration there? And again, informal poll, this is not scientific, but this is gauging the opinions of people's because I know the gathering limits were the one thing that many were looking forward to changing as of tomorrow was we slowly ease some of these restrictions. And so how are you going to do it? How are you going to manage that? And then I'm kind of curious too, what are, what, what are people looking forward to the most? Is it just having someone come? in your house and not having that awkward conversation at the at the door or on the porch or in the driveway or however you've been you know doing it for me personally i i think the haircut might be high but also just the fact that you can have people outside maybe have a fire and have three or four or five people over is appealing to me because um then i don't then you can do it and feel good about it and be outside still so that's kind of high on the list i don't know what about you greg um, like I said, I think we're going to keep the, the circle, the bubble intact, but I'm, you know, I'll probably get orders uh, differently when I get home today. I would think that uh, there are some things that have been on the non-essential list that are essentials. So uh, I know we need some socks in our house. We need, uh, we need to update uh, some of our uh, perfume and cologne in our house. Jackie and I are both out of our preferred scent. And that, you know, we're both coming into work. And, and so it's nice to feel, to feel good by smelling good. So that's uh, high on the list, I know, for Jackie. And uh, for myself, um, I'm still debating on the whole haircut thing. I haven't decided yet. Let it ride, man. Let it ride. I have a couple of more commercials to to shoot for the yes. for the St. B uh, Hospital lottery, and so I don't know. The flow's uh, creating a lot of conversation. It's I the don't talk know of the I town, sh- Gmac. You can't let it go. <laughs> yeah, talk over the town. That. <laughs> so we'll see. Maybe I'll get a perm just for fun. Huh? How's that? We'll go back to oh man to, to 1997. Do <laughs> I would never do that again. Uh, that was a big big mistake.
Yeah. Uh, I guess the big, the next question, Brett, is, is the beard, does the beard, as my kids used to call it when they were little, Daddy, why do you have such a, your beard, it's so rough. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I'll uh, keep the beard and cut the hair. I like the beard, uh, but yeah, when I saw you on the commercial, all clean shaven, uh, I thought, when did he... I don't remember him even shaving. Um, <laughs> First but, time in like nine months. <laughs> I thought of, um, shoot, now I forget it. Who's that singer? You made me think of the singer with the flow. Uh, he, he, yeah, now I'm just reading this whole thing. Kind of looks guy. like Fabio. Oh, jeez. Because of the hair. Just the flow. He looks like Fabio. Oh, he sings. This is the song of Captain Jack Reynolds. Oh, Michael Bolton. Oh, Michael Bolton. (laughs) (laughs) Because you were looking up. You had like your, you were looking up at the, in the lottery home and your hair's going. And I was like, G Mac is doing lottery sales. Of all the Michael Bolton songs, I, know, I love I that you think. picked the parody one. I know. <laughs> not, like, not I know. the, uh, although that, that is a good one. My favorite Michael Bolton song is, How Can We Be Lovers If We Can't Be Friends? Great question. How Can We Start Over If The Fighting Never Ends? I would try, I would sing it, but that would, oh, here we go. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that, Fortune. That took him all of three seconds. boy. I'll just quickly add to... Oh, yes. <laughs> it just completely stopped me in my tracks. The, the fight and never ends. The yearning in his voice. <laughs> you just got to reach out and with your hand open and close Why? your fist. Why? How? How do we do this? Donate. Donate. That's what I, I hear in G-Max commercials. Oh. Um, <laughs> what are you looking forward to out of these loosened restrictions? And is there something that you wish would have been included in that? Like one of our colleagues asked me in the hall, are nail salon, salons included? I said, no, sorry. And she said, damn it. So text us, 204-780-6868. Traffic, weather, business, next on the start. Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb, it is a big day here on CJOB. The 2021 Innovation HSC Radiothon presented by Merrick Holmes. Loren, how can people donate? Well, listen, the goal here today is $192,500, but let's not just hit that goal. Let's help them shatter that goal, and I'm going to give you a couple of ways you can do that. Just as a reminder, in case you need it, I mean, the HSC Foundation's 2021 Innovation Radiothon goes towards helping HSC improve care at Manitoba's hospitals. And so there's trading, training opportunities, acquisition of cutting-edge medical equipment, development of state-of-the-art facilities. And so you really can make a difference here. If you want to donate, www.hscfoundation.mb.ca. But as we've been saying, you can also just Google HSC Foundation. You can also call 204-515-5612 or just text HSCF to the number 20222. So the number is 20222, text HSCF. That will take $20 right onto your phone bill, and that $20 will go to the HSC Foundation's 2021 Innovation HSC 
CE Radiothon presented by Merrick Holmes. And let's uh, get this going, guys. Let's surpass the goal. And we'll have much more on this on our next hour on 680 CJOB. And before we bring on our next guest, Greg, do you see this text I put in here from Gary? I sure do. The movie that got me. We've been talking about the movies that have sort of scarred you for life. Uh, for Gary, it was the Muppet movie, <laughs> if you can believe that. Yeah. Sorry, Gary, not to laugh at you. We're laughing with you. Eight years old, Garden City Cinema. My sister and her fiancé took me. I was so shocked. Scared that anyone would want to hurt or kill Miss Piggy. Oh boy! I had to keep leaving to quote go to the bathroom. I said, and I said to Gary, I said, I remember the beginning of that movie because it was the first time we saw Kermit the Frog below the chest, and he had legs. He's riding a bicycle. Oh yeah, it was freaky, man. <laughs> <laughs> so keep those texts coming two zero four seven eight zero sixty eight sixty eight. Your chance to win a twenty dollars gift card. Santa Lucia Pizza will give that away after nine fifteen. Question of the day at cjob.com. It's brought to you by Credit Aid, helping Manitobans get out of debt since nineteen ninety two. Visit creditaid.ca. Call two zero four nine eight seven sixty eight ninety. Should Julie Payette be Canada's last Governor General? So far, eighty seven percent say yes, eliminate that position, and thirteen percent say no. Our connection to the monarchy is important. And we are asking that question because Canada is now looking for a new governor general after Julie Payette handed in her resignation yesterday. Yeah, and it follows the findings of an independent review into toxic workplace allegations that had been levied against Payette and her conduct at Rideau Hall. And so Amanda Connolly, who's a national online journalist for globalnews.ca out of Ottawa, has been looking into this extensively and joins us now to not just tell us what happened, but what's next. Good morning, Amanda. Thank you for having me. Well, thanks for taking the time because this has got so many people talking this morning. And before we get into the future uh, role for this governor general, let's go back a bit and, and you can tell us why this review was launched in the first place. Absolutely. Well, it certainly is a, a huge topic of conversation here, unprecedented really in so many ways. Uh, and of course, this, this comes after a review was launched last uh, this previous fall, back in September, into allegations, as you mentioned there, of a, of a toxic workplace environment at Rideau Hall. This includes um, allegations of bullying, of uh, a constant barrage of, of stress and just an unbearable environment for staff who were working there. Uh, and again, a lot of these are coming from individuals who uh, have come to, to a number of media outlets, including Global News, over the past year or so, um, setting, you know, asking to remain anonymous out of fears that coming forward could damage their career prospects. And so obviously these are certainly uh, concerns that were taken very seriously. They prompted this third-party review of the allegations, and we are now hearing that that uh, has been completed, that it was submitted, and that it really left only a stark choice to Payette. Either she stepped down of her own accord or face removal with the Prime Minister asking the Queen to actually dismiss her. So you mentioned the Prime Minister there, and, and he said that workplace harassment cannot be tolerated. So what does happen next? Yeah, so a lot of this we're, we're really kind of seeing um, play out in real time. Those are certainly questions that we're asking right now. Uh, obviously, um, we're, we're hoping to hear more information about exactly what that review found. Again, what were some of the concrete allegations that, um, may, that appear to have been substantiated in that report? Um, will there be a consideration of things like compensation, of changes to workplace rules? Um, really, all those questions about what happens next are, are really what we're focusing on today as this, as this continues to play out. But certainly, you know that this is a government that has put the focus on um, workers in a lot of ways. They've changed a number of labor rules and things like that. And so uh, obviously it's going to be a big, big topic of conversation for them. And what about a replacement? Has there been talk yet of, of who might uh, be the successor? 
Yeah, that, that really is the next natural question here, of course. Uh, there, there is a mechanism right now that has kicked in for, uh, you would call it an administrator to, to take over the role. The person is the chief justice of the Supreme Court. This has happened, um, you know, before in the past. It's not, uh, it's not without, uh, without precedent in that regard, but certainly the resignation of a governor general and, and the, the, the circumstances surrounding this are really what, what add to the, um, the uncharted territory in this regard. So right now, we do know that that's, uh, the chief justice ha- will be taking over that role temporarily. Um, he is able to take on kind of the full the full powers and authority of that role uh, while they look for a replacement. We don't yet have a timeline for when that new person could be named to the role, but certainly in a minority parliament, of course, it can fall at any time. So you, it's not a position that you really want to have vacant for any long stretch of, of time. This is certainly not the first time we've had this position, you know, come into the spotlight and under scrutiny for all sorts of reasons, Amanda. But as you said, unprecedented with this resignation and this these allegations that have been levied against uh, the former governor general. And, and that's had people talking. You, you probably heard our question of the day about, you know, are people saying now's the time to stop this connection to the monarchy and get rid of the position of governor general? And before we get into that conversation, I, what do we know what this costs taxpayers? I know there's a salary for her that's quite lucrative, but what... What's the overall cost for that home and the travel and all the rest each year? Do we know? So, yeah, you're, I mean, you're talking about quite a lot of money here. The, the, the role itself in terms of a salary, I, I believe uh, from when I last checked, it clocks in just under $300,000 a year. Um, with that, there, there come, again, as you mentioned, their uh, travel costs, there come with staffing costs, the cost of you know running the house. Of course, Payette has come under fire as well for pretty expensive renovations that were being done to, to some of the, uh, the areas of that, that property as well. Um, and you're looking forward ahead here as well. We're already hearing some questions from uh, from from uh, taxpayers groups about should Payette be allowed to claim the the ongoing expense accounts that governors general who have retired traditionally are able to to access those run into hundreds of thousands of dollars per year along with a pension that that position usually usually gets and again the circumstances of this really making that um, a, a big question here is, is as to whether she should be allowed to keep those. So uh, the pension <laughs> this morning, the Taxpayers Federation, the Canadian Independent Payers, uh, Taxpayers Federation, calling for an end to the the program altogether. But it says that the expenses of the governor generals, even after they leave the job, and you sort of touched on that, Amanda. There are folks that would like to see, at the very least, that come to an end. Yeah, this has been a topic of, of conversation for a number of years here. It, it's come up um, over the last couple in particular when it became clear that uh, some some had been claiming quite uh, quite extensive expenses over uh, over a number of years. And so this this really is going to be, I think, a, a big issue going forward here is uh, a lot of these are, you know, we, we cannot um, know a lot of the details about these expenses. Uh, our former Governor General David Johnson, I believe, was one of the first to actually make his expenses public proactively. That is not usually a step that you see governors general taking. And I think given that that kind of um, cloak of uncertainty, the, the fact that these are not transparent to the public about how the money is being spent, what the, the vetting process is for whether these are appropriate expenses, for example, uh, really does kind of lend lend a lot of questions to that issue of, you know, if you're going to keep it, um, for example, should you have a much more stringent process in place to disclose those uh, those those claims and those approved um approved funds or should you ax it altogether amanda Connolly, national online journalist for globalnews.ca joining us live from ottawa amanda thank you for the time much appreciated thank you
as usual, 1230. There is a COVID briefing today. Dr. Brent Rusin will be providing that uh, news. Or I just want to quickly mention, I meant to say this the other day, I think it was Tuesday. Uh, the poise that Dr. Rusin shows in those news conferences is to be commended. Like he gets asked many times the same question sort of over and over, just in different forms and uh, never gets annoyed. Um, so I just, I, I, I salute him, you know, for having to, to do that. You know, I'm sure he wishes he could go back to the days, Greg, where he can come into radio studios and deliver flu shots as opposed to doing these daily news conferences or, or almost daily for him news conferences. Yeah, no question about it. Uh, you talk about poise and this, the whole notion of being able to keep calm, cool and collected under pressure. I think that's what we expect from, from doctors and if I'm not mistaken, Loren, Dr. Rusin's also a lawyer, so he's got he's got that double whammy, uh, that ability to be uh, stoic, uh, he's, straightforward. He's also a lawyer. He's yeah. also a lawyer. Because yeah. going to med school wasn't hard enough for I him. I don't know yeah. which one came first, but that's why the public health orders, he's able to write them and read them and d- disseminate them because, right. you know, the language in them is, is legal speak, which is sometimes why it's challenging to understand them and, and sometimes dissect what he's saying because it is coming right. out of the, the mouth of a lawyer, doctor, astronaut or whatever else. <laughs> I mean, maybe he should know. be governor general. Somebody suggested uh, Bonnie Henry of British Columbia. Maybe Dr. Rusin could add that to his long list of accomplishments. <laughs> so uh, the question we want to ask you is, do you have any questions regarding these loosened restrictions? Are there things that you're looking to have cleared up? Because uh, sometimes, Loren, they're just not clear. Yeah, and I think we said that it, sometimes it's about the language, sometimes it's about they're doing that dance of, you know, they can't order certain things or it's too hard to enforce certain things, so it's strongly suggested. Uh, what are you? What are your questions this morning as you wait to figure out how you're going to navigate the next three weeks under these loosened restrictions? So some of it's simple, you know, you can now go shopping, you still have to have the mask and keep your distance and... You, but you can go into most stores now as of tomorrow at least the gatherings i think people are going to still have lots of questions about in terms of the two people rule and how that works and if there's anything else you're you're hearing and you're just not sure about it let us know we had a business even text us earlier greg about just how he's supposed to figure out the 25 percent capacity right because some of the smaller businesses this is just not something that they're ever trained to do to, to count how many people are in their store yeah well i asked the question uh, does it not say in your occupancy permit being a restaurant guy I was under the assumption everybody had a little piece of paper in their business that tells you how many people you're allowed to have in the room. That, I guess, is not the case. That's a restaurant bar thing. So uh, this individual, I said, I'm sorry, I can't help you out anymore. So that's going to mean a call to the municipality says that there's nothing on the provincial website to to, to help them figure out what the answer to that question is. So, yeah, if you have some questions, uh, please feel free to send them our way. We have people monitoring the uh, text lines even after we get off the air, 204-780-6868. And people also asking this morning questions about the Governor General. We just want to clear one thing up, uh, Greg, because Kat and Gimli texted to say, sorry to bust everyone's bubble, but the GG is not just a symbolic position or a lingering relic of her connection to the monarchy. The Queen is legally and constitutionally the Queen of Canada, and that didn't change with our new constitution. So the GD, as we know, is the Queen's representative. And so she goes on to say, Payette's failings have dishonored a formerly much-respected role, and of course, there's more that needs to be changed. And so we can't, you know, we're, we're asking this question this morning, is it time to abolish this role? And I think it's a fair one. I'd also argue that it's still a much-respected role or a formerly-respected role. I think there's been lots of questions about this for a while. But you can't just say that, we can't just say we don't want the governor general more anymore. Goodbye. 
right? No. There's we have there's a lot of hoops you'd have to get through constitutionally, as Kat mentioned, just to make that change. Yeah, just because we repatriated or patriated our constitution is in 1982. Uh, yeah, we still have that uh, legal tie uh, to the monarchy, and yes, the queen is still our queen. So it, it would take a lot of paperwork, a lot of conversation, some negotiation, Brett, for that to happen. Also, make sure you get those texts in now at 204-780-6868 for a chance to win the $20 gift card for Santa Lucia Pizza. The movies that traumatized you as a kid. Which movie traumatized you as a kid? Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb, we are officially underway. Welcome to the HSC Foundation's 2021 Innovation HSC Radiothon presented by Merrick Holmes. Yeah, donations today and every day, Brett, enable HSC to improve care at Manitoba's hospital through important research initiatives, training opportunities for healthcare staff, the acquisition of cutting-edge medical equipment, and the development of new state-of-the-art facilities. Your donation makes a difference makes a huge difference. And this is the key point we want you to listen in on now because if you want to donate, hscfoundation.mb.ca is the website you can head to. That's hscfoundation.mb.ca. Or there are two other ways. You can call 204-515-5612. That's 515-5612. And this is the easiest way as far as I'm concerned. Text the letters HSCF to the number 20222. So just type in 20222 and HSCF, and that is a donation of $20 that just comes off your phone bill. So it's super easy. The goal today, $192,500. We're asking you to help HSC provide tomorrow's health care today. And today, our first guest represents what so many of us have who have either received life-changing care ourselves or have had held the hand of a loved one who has received Healthcare at HSC. It represents what many Manitobans have gone through. And we're so pleased to welcome on our show now, Joan Leslie Thompson. Good morning, Joan. Good morning. Thanks for having me on. Well, thanks for sharing uh, your journey with us because I know it goes back a while. Can we start off with your son? Because this involves your son, Brody. Just tell us a bit about him and, uh, and how he ended up in HSC this past fall. Just before I tell you about Brody, I need to do a shout out. And I need to shout out to the entire staff of the GH4 Internal Medicine Ward for going above and beyond to um, take care of Brody as well as myself. So I I needed to get it in so I don't miss out. No, absolutely. GH4? GH4 Internal Medicine. A word like no other. Just amazing. The entire staff has created this village of care, exceptional care for Brody. Well, you paint a beautiful picture of where he's at. Tell us about Brody and, and how he got there, Joan. Sure, absolutely. So Brody is uh, 24 years old. He's an identical twin. He lives with severe autism as well as seizure disorder. Everyday activities for you and I, which we take for granted, are extremely challenging for him and can cause agitation. So um, going into an ho- a hospital is a very scary situation because it's very unknown to him. So back in the end of September, um, Brody stopped uh, keeping down his meds for seizures, for anxiety, for rage, and um, pretty much stopped eating on us. 
In the meantime, he um, became very dehydrated and he was admitted to HSC. Um, over the time, um, he um, since end of September, he's lost over 100 pounds. Early November, he stopped walking. He stopped um, sitting up by himself. And uh, through the care and through the diligence of the entire staff of HSC, um, Brody has been able to, um, he has, he now has a feeding tube, which he gets uh, nourishment, all the nutrients he needs daily. Um, He does get protein um, daily as well. he uh, is receiving physio and OT and has learned to to uh, sit up on his own again, which we haven't been able, he hasn't been able to do since again early November. Um, he's he's making some strides with um, being able to stretch out his legs, which have been quite challenging for him as he has lost all the muscle tone in his um, in his legs, and so. Um, you know, it's day-to-day, and, uh, but what's amazing is that this, um, the staff has realized um, his needs, that he's not just a patient, he's a person with very special needs, and they have gone above and beyond to listen, to understand, and to accommodate. And it's not just the entire staff of GH4, it's anyone that um, joins us on our ward or or um, that we go in uh, for different procedures. Everybody is made well aware of Brody's specific needs. And they, um, for example, one of his um, specific needs is he has trigger words. Trigger words that can cause him to rage, cause him agitation. And it's probably the most common word used in the hospital, and the word is okay. And if you walk into the hospital, you'll hear it. Everyone's saying the word okay. Well, to Brody, he doesn't like that word. And so it can cause him to bang his head, to bang his legs. And so we have signs up in his room, signs entering his room, signs in his chart that when you visit Brody, that you remember not to use the word okay. And if you do use it, just carry on as if you didn't use it. Mm-hmm. And it's made a huge difference. Joan, uh, we just have a minute or so here. This is such a compelling story, and you you tell it so well. Thank you for that. And our our thoughts and our encouragement are, are with you and Brody and your entire family. But you said something right off the bat, and maybe we can wrap it up on this. You said that not only are the staff looking after taking care of and giving Brody Healthcare. They're also taking care of you and your family. Maybe just just talk about that because I think that is so important. Absolutely. Like they've understood that Brody doesn't have a voice, and they've allowed to be his voice and to share information, observations about him. Um, they've allowed me to be present at every procedure, to be in his face before he's being sedated for whether it was the peg tube surgery or the MRI, but I was there and I was allowed to be there. And it truly has minimized Brody's challenges. He's welcomed people into his room, hundreds of people into his room. And he knows, he feels this sense of calmness. We know that, um, you know, again, the staff, we they create an environment with 
trust, with respect, and understanding, and again, exceptional care. And Brody is complying to things I would never have imagined him to do. So when they ask for his blood pressure, he raises his arm. When they um, ask him to hug himself, when he goes in the hoyer to be lifted out of the bed to the chair, he does it. And for a mom, the peace of mind knowing when I come home at night that he is in the best care possible, I trust the staff. I know that they would give the care that I would give. And I'm so very grateful. And what I wish to say is Brody is receiving exceptional care now and continues to do so. And every Manitoban has a right to have exceptional care. And the only way we can guarantee that is to let's make it happen and people join Team Brody and call in for the Radiothon today. Joan Leslie Thompson, thank you so much for joining us to tell us about uh, Brody and the wonderful care he's received at HSC. We appreciate it. My pleasure. Thanks so much. Have a great day. And you can once again make a donation at hscfoundation.mb.ca or you can call 204-515-5612, that's 515-5612, or text HSCF to 20222. The 2021 Innovation HSC Radiothon presented by Merrick Holmes, who have just contributed $18,000 to advance patient care at HSC through today's Radiothon. The goal today is $192,500. Just got another $18,000. We learned just after 7.30 that uh, they were already up to Mm $57,000. So we are well on our way as we march towards 6 p.m. for the Radiothon. Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb, we have just under two minutes. we got to give away a $20 gift card for Santa Lucia Pizza, and we have been asking you to text us which movie traumatized you as a kid and why. And as usual, you have sent us dozens, if not hundreds of texts, and we thank you very much. We're sorry if we didn't reply. We just simply cannot reply to all of them, but we love the stories that you guys share, including this one. My older sister of seven years had me watch Company of Wolves with her. Stars Angela Lansbury. Seems innocent when you hear her name. Well, the premise was if a man has connected eyebrows, he is an actual wolf. The man pulled his skin off in the movie and became a wolf. I've never trusted men with connected eyebrows. <laughs> and it's 37 years later. I have nightmares well into my adult life. She torments me with the poem at the end to this day. And as I, as I finish reading this, I'm just... Checking to see if the unibrow is <laughs> oh, needs no. a trim. <laughs> how how I, you doing, Bert? <laughs> I think I'm. I think I'm I, good. I was gonna say she shouldn't be trusting anyone with a connected eyebrow, regardless of that movie. But hey, it happens. Sometimes they just get those strays. You know, mm-hmm. you haven't looked closely in the mirror for a while. Just never know. <laughs> okay, gonna... but who? Someone has put this in and said, Michelle, my winner. Who I, I put that in. Well, of course we know who it is. It's Greg. <laughs> Oh, I wasn't sure. Uh, uh, my, can I read this? Is Michelle our winner? I yeah. It's too late to take it yeah, back it's too now. Late. I asked not. you guys during the break. Got no, got crickets. So all right then, <laughs> we're going with Michelle. Well, the movie that total tra- totally traumatized me was Jaws. I'll never forget swimming in the big white shell to the floating platform with my sister. 
She started humming the Jaws music just before he would attack someone swimming in the water. Even though I knew we didn't have sharks in our lakes, a piece of pondweed touched my foot as I was swimming, which spurred me to swim faster than I've ever had to swim in my life toward the platform. Took a while for me to swim anywhere pondweed could reach up to the surface and touch your body while you were swimming Thanks to watching Jaws. Congratulations, Michelle. You have played on Greg's dramatic fear. <laughs> well, at least she got back in the water. That's uh, true. She's not a chicken. She's not a chicken, Brett. Thank you for pointing that out. <laughs> Michelle, congratulations. We will be in touch to get you some Santa Lucia pizza. Hey, thanks for listening to The Start Podcast. We are available on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Subscribe now and never miss an episode. And if you like what you hear, rate the show, tell us what you think, and hey, even tell a friend about the podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Greg is at GMACWPG, that's G-M-A-C-K-W-P-G. I am at Brett McGarry, B-R-E-T-T-M-E-G-A-R-R-Y. And Loren on Twitter is at McNab on Global and on Instagram at McNab on CJOB. Talk soon.